Good evening, everyone. As Karen said, I'm Pastor Carrie Jonas, and I serve as the interim lead pastor at Prince of Peace in La Crescent. And in the, in the clergy trade, we call what we're doing tonight a round robin. And I love round robins because as pastors then, we get to meet you, we get to preach in your churches, and you get to hear a different voice. And it's always a pleasure to do that. Um, as pastors, we're doing, we're focusing on the disciple Peter and, and what we can learn from him. So I'm gonna ask you to stand up for this gospel reading. So if you would, please stand. The gospel I'll be reading tonight is from Matthew, the 18th chapter. Jesus said, if any member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there among you. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be, please be seated. I think Peter is one of the most human figures in our Bibles because, you know, you and I, we are human too, and so there's so much, at least I feel I can relate to, about Peter. And from this story, this is the characteristic I see in Peter. Peter is often an all or nothing kind of guy. Either he's resisting Jesus or he's drawn closer to him in earnest. Either he wants to know all there is to know about Jesus, or he is putting on blinders and just slowly backing away. And in this scripture, we see a version of Peter who's all in. He is hungry to learn. His posture is open and it's humble, and he seems to want to absorb Jesus's teachings like a wet sponge, as he asks the question, how many times should I forgive? Now, I do think 
Peter's question is earnest. How much forgiveness is enough? And I also think that when Peter offers that number seven, he thinks he's offering this huge number, an impressive number even, as if he's saying, see Jesus, I am willing to offer forgiveness generously seven times. But Jesus responds with an answer that is not just generous, it's extravagant. No, Jesus says, not seven times, 77 times. It's a number that suggests there should be no cap on forgiveness, no limiting formula that once I hit that mark, I can quit. I can write that person off. I can hold on to my resentments and my anger and my hurt. From Jesus' teaching, Peter can, and, and we can also, conclude that you and I, we are called to forgive, to forgive our brothers and sisters from the heart extravagantly to infinity and beyond. Now, I must say, whenever I preach this text on forgiveness, I enter it with a lot of trepidation. I say that because I don't know your stories. I don't, I don't know the hurt and the pain that you have encountered in your lives. And frankly, even if I had known you for decades, I could never truly know the cost of that pain in your life or how it's affected your choices, your relationships, your heart. So I ask you tonight that you please hear this sermon with some grace because I simply don't know. But there is no way of getting around it. This, this gospel, this teaching tonight is about forgiveness and that forgiveness is necessary and it's at the heart of being a Christian community. And here's the thing, if you, if you really think about it, there is no other community in this world besides the church that places forgiveness as a central part of who we are. There's no other community but the church. Really, the church is the only community where forgiveness is a spiritual practice. I mean, we start our services on Sunday by first confessing our sin, and then we get to hear God's word of forgiveness to us. And then, later in the service, we offer each other the peace of Jesus. And if you've ever offered that peace to someone you have a gripe with, you know it's hard. But for me, I know when I reach out to that person, when I look them in the eyes and I say to them, the peace of Jesus be with you, that sometimes my heart starts to change toward that person. Forgiveness is who we are as the church, but 
I don't have to tell you this. Forgiveness is counterintuitive to what this world holds up as important. If somebody does something wrong to you, you do something wrong back. It's about fairness. It's about revenge. It's about making sure I get mine. That's what the world teaches us. But Jesus calls us, the church, to be the model for the world of what forgiveness looks like. And each Sunday, we are practitioners of forgiveness. Ugh, but forgiveness, it's hard. I find it hard to forgive my coworker who always gets the credit. And what about that person who has abused me emotionally? Do I need to forgive that person? Or on the flip side, do I accept the olive branch offered to me when I've done something wrong? And what if I feel like I haven't done anything wrong? Do I have to accept forgiveness that's offered to me when I don't feel accountable or responsible? And why is it so hard to forgive myself when I mess up? You see, forgiveness is complicated. There are many layers, and it, it's messy, and it's also very hard. Yet, even with that honest acknowledgement, as people of the church, we are called by Jesus to continue to strive to be a forgiving people. So I, I want to share with you just some thoughts this evening that hopefully will shed some light on this calling of Jesus to Peter, to you and me, to forgive extravagantly. Now, if you have ever struggled to forgive someone, you know reaching forgiveness is rarely a one-shot deal. Forgiven and then move on. When it works that way, wonderful. But at least for me, those resentments tend to rear their ugly heads again, and maybe then again. So we hear or we see something that brings it all back, and we're right back to the day that happened, that injustice happened. We thought we had forgiven that person, but nope. We wake up the next morning, and we're back at square one. So in most cases, forgiveness, it's a process where sometimes we need to begin again. So when I'm struggling with forgiveness, I need to remember where my help comes from because I simply cannot forgive without God's help. So when I am truly practicing this calling of Jesus to forgive, I need to turn to God. I need to turn to God in prayer and not only ask for a change in my heart, I try to pray for that person I am called to forgive. I try to pray that God not make them do what I think they should do, but I simply pray, God, you know what this person needs today. God, I place this person in the palm of your hand. Help me trust that you are in control, I am not. And I ask that God place that person 
in God's heart. And because forgiveness is so hard, I pray for myself that I'm able to forgive for the sake of my heart, my soul, my body, because we know, we know how refusing to forgive, struggling to forgive, can eat away at us. Those resentments just consume us. So I, I pray I can forgive myself of some of my own regrets, mistakes, and even my inability to forgive others. And above all, I pray that God keeps me a part of the church community, that community that holds forgiveness central. Because each week, each week we hear God's desire to forgive, and then those words of forgiveness. Where else, where else in your week do you consistently hear that you are forgiven, that God desires to forgive you during confession? Each week we hear, you are a child of God, you are forgiven. So we need to come into the church community to be formed and fashioned into a community that can forgive, a community that sees Jesus' cross as God's most profound willingness to forgive. I want to be clear, though, too. These words of Jesus, they've been misused by the church when it combines forgiveness with continuing in relationships that are dangerous. Forgiving doesn't always mean continuing to be in relationship. You can forgive someone and not have them in your life. So we pray for God to help us in our forgiveness so we can be freed from the weight that our anger, our fear, our hurt churns in us. You see, forgiveness, it's a process. To accept, one, we can't change the past. But two, the past does not have to hold us captive. When we forgive, we release the past. We enter into an open future. When we can't forgive, we remain captive, stuck, a slave to the past until, well, the end. So you see, forgiveness, dear friends, is freedom. It's a freedom God offers us. It's a freedom from the past. It's a freedom for your futures. And it's the kind of freedom that God wants for us all. Amen.